Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And this is Bob Siegel. Welcome to our program, our theme, Christianity and its relationship to politics and pop culture. It's always good to be joined by Mike Friedenberg, columnist for the Epic Times and host of the podcast World News Brief. Mike, welcome back to our program. Well, Bob, thank you for having me once again. It's always an honor to be here. As usual, it's been um, you know a slow news period, nothing to talk about. Yeah, whenever so, you're on, there's nothing going on. I mean, in the we news. can talk it's about really some slow. old reruns, you know, like the Virginian potentially. Or you know, <laughs> I know you're up for that topic, right? <laughs> I miss those old days of television. Anyway, last time we were together, I talked a bit about Ukraine. And obviously, Ukraine is still happening. It's still a very important topic, but I thought I'd switch things up a little bit and talk about the uh, 2024 general election. Yes, and for those of you who don't remember, in 2016, Mike broke form and predicted that Trump would win that election. A lot of people thought he was crazy, but he was right on target. Unfortunately, when he called it for Trump in 2020, he was not as sure. Well, actually, you did call it for Trump, and of course, I believe Trump really did win that election, but we'll let you expound on that. So I haven't changed my view on who won in 2020, but I do want to talk about the upcoming election. We're in a primary now, and then after the primary, we're going to have a general election. And I want to be as encouraging as possible. I know the 2022 election cycle, it should have been a red wave, and we've discussed why it was not a red wave. Election. Yeah, they cheated. That's why not. And, and it was very selective. They were very effective in how they spent their resources. They knew exactly where they needed to win, and they spent their money there, and they didn't spend their money other places. So as you recall, we still picked up more House and state legislative seats in 2022 than the Democrats did. And we already had a lot of state legislative and House seats. We already had a big advantage. So there was a lot of places where the red wave did happen. But in the places that we really needed, the Democrats were very effective in how they spent their money. However, I believe that what they did in 2022 will be very difficult and maybe even impossible for them to do in 2024. Now, why is that? Obviously, they've been emboldened. If they cheated before, they're going to try to cheat again. Why is it going to be more difficult for them this time? Well, first of all, it does take a lot of resources to cheat effectively. It's not like they just snap their fingers. They're working overtime to get the ballots stuffed, to get the things set up to get this cheating forward. I mean, look what they needed to do in Arizona. They literally had to go in the last minute and sabotage the vote counting machines to win in Arizona, right? When in 2022, it it's seems like a given that wherever they're counting, if they suddenly have to stop and they say we're going to resume counting in the morning by an incredible right. coincidence, the Democrats then ahead in the morning. That's the way it always well, goes. Well, what that shows you, they had been planning to win by stuffing the ballot, the mail-in ballots and overwhelming Kerry Lake right before the election day. But right. what they found is election day, people into but, coming on election but, day. But there were so many people voted that once again they had to do a high risk maneuver to still win that race. And they've gotten away with it, but I think it's getting harder and harder to get away with. Now, in 2022, they tried to steal the race from Senator Ron Johnson, the great senator from Wisconsin. He didn't win by as much as he was supposed to, but he still won by two points. They tried to take that race. They did everything they could. They did not have the resources. So why to win. did they fail in one place and succeed in another place? 
because even in a non-presidential year, getting the resources in some places to cheat is probably harder than to get in a presidential year. However, it's also there's lower voter turnout. So you're cheating. If you get a thousand votes out to cheat in a non-presidential year, that's worth more than a presidential year because it's a higher percentage of the vote totals. So it goes off forth. But my point is that they do not have infinite resources to cheat. And when they've cheated, they haven't been sitting there saying, oh, we're just going to cheat enough. They've done everything they can. And in some cases, they've almost come close to falling short. So what I believe is heading into 2024, we're going to still be in a red wave situation. The country is not happy with the Democrats. The country is not happy with the border. The country is not happy with this transgender stuff. The country is not happy with the economy. The country is not happy with Biden. And they're not happy with the Democrats. So once again, we are heading into a red wave situation, and it's better in some ways than 2022, because in 2022, the advantage was to the Democrats in the Senate. Now, we started getting very excited about the U.S. Senate, but remember, in the U.S. Senate, we had 22, 23 people up for re-election, and the Democrats had 11 or 12 people up for re-election. It's like 33 each time. This time, we've got 11 people up for re-election in the U.S. Senate, and they've got 22 up for re-election in the U.S. Senate. So that's an advantage to us. So that's just looking at that. There's nothing, and of course, everybody's running for Congress. So everybody, but in the Senate, it's one third each time that you get running. So it's 33, roughly 33, 34 each time. So that puts us in a better situation. But what really puts us in a better situation is that we have, well, actually, before I go down that path, I want to talk a little bit about 2020 to put a little bit of different spin on it. 2020, the pandemic, that is a brutal event for any incumbent. Any incumbent going into the 2020 election as the president is thinking they're going to lose. We're in, still in the middle of the pandemic. We've, we've had the lockdowns, things like that. Any candidate going there is going to most probably lose. That would just be if you just said, hey, we have had this kind of event. We've got an incumbent president. Anybody would say, they're going to lose the race. Okay. So that was the starting point of that race. Yet, when all was said and done, 76,000 votes separated but Donald Trump from winning the presidency 76,000 total votes out of 155 million votes that's all and that's not even considering how fraudulent some well, of those now votes were now that's my point people saying oh yeah he lost in 2020 well wait a second anybody any Republican there, even if they hadn't had the two fake impeachments even if they had not had 419 million dollars Zuckerberg David Zuckerberg spent $419 million infiltrating the official election apparatus of counties all over the country. His organization became part of the registrar of voters in over 2,000 counties. And they did get out the vote efforts. They spent vast sums. And they did it under the guise of official get out voters from the actual state, only in heavily Democrat areas. He did some token stuff in Republican counties, but the vast majority, you know, 80% of his money went into the Democrat areas. So look at that. Then you add in the last second thing where they had to come at the last minute and shut down the New York Post and shut down the Biden laptop story. Look at everything they had to do. And I'm only covering a fraction of it. If you remember the coverage on how uh, President Trump handled the pandemic, not perfect, but I will say that he handled it as well as anybody. Nobody would have done a better job on the pandemic than President Trump. I believe that's true. But with that said, he certainly was not perfect. There's some things we can point back to, but nobody would have done better. And you go down through that, and still, with everything they did, the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to cheat the media. Did you ever hear the story about President Trump giving multi-year funding for historical black colleges? 
Some of the never been done before. I have, but those, yes, those but stories I'm, I'm just are saying those stories by the mainstream so just, media. I'm, so my point is, he got 75 million votes. Nothing's ever seen anything like this. He blew away his first time running. That doesn't happen by 15 million votes, like 14 million votes. Now there's been some post-election analysis done by big data polling, and they now estimate there's between 14 million minimum, but it could be 14 to 20 million people that only show up to vote for Trump. You can't get them out to vote otherwise. And that does frustrate me that they're it, Trump it, groupies because if the nomination, I'd like Trump, but if the nomination went to DeSantis and a Trump groupie's not willing to uh, vote for DeSantis, then they're putting a Democrat. A lot of these are Democrats. A lot of these are Democrats. Democrats and, and independents. independents. And, yeah. and the thing is, I think a lot of people have forgotten just what a fantastic turnout and just the insane number of people Donald Trump got out to vote for him. And I'm talking about voting. I'm not talking about ballots. There was ballots for Biden, but there was, you know, he did not have the voters that Donald Trump had. He may have ended up with more ballots, but certainly not more voters. And that's what I believe strongly. Of course, he ended up with more ballots. They took out a felt pen in the middle of the night and they scratched his name on it. We remember in Georgia, those hidden ballot boxes coming out in the middle of the night being recorded. But no matter what, I really don't want to talk, other than the fact just to point out what he overcame, to come within 76,000 votes of winning. Let's not forget about that. That's how close he came. It wasn't necessarily a big election pro-Democrat, but it was an anti-incumbent election. People were not happy with incumbents, and there was a whole lot of people that did not vote for Donald Trump because of the pandemic. So now we head into 2024, and we have a red wave election, plus we have a presidential, plus we have Donald Trump with those chunk voters. I believe that we can overwhelm the cheating. Now, beyond overwhelming the cheating is the fact that since 2020, a lot of people have been upset about the cheating that took place in the 2020 election. And certainly some things happened to try to prevent it in 2022, but 2022 was a non-presidential election. And I'm sorry, no matter how much you have to try to hype it up and make it exciting, it just doesn't get the same kind of energy that a presidential does. So I also believe that the scrutiny on the election process for the 2024 will be an order of magnitude than for 2022. People are going to be much more aggressive about not putting up with stuff. People that put up with stuff in 2016 that let themselves be locked out of the polling places so only Democrats could count like they did in Michigan. People had the cardboard placed across the windows so you could not see the counters. They won't put up with it this time. So I do think that there is plenty of room for hope in 2024. So already talking sort of assumptively about President Trump, because right now he's so far ahead that I'm going to just say this. People say it's early in the process, but historically speaking, no primary candidate for president has been this far ahead and not one. And if you look at the demographics. Now, Mike, are you saying he's actually doing better than Mike Pence? Yes, I did. Doesn't some, Mike Pence have a whole percentage or half a percentage, uh, something like that? I honestly do not know why Mike Pence is running. Somebody I, told him he had a shot and he believes it. It's incredible. It okay, strains I know, the imagination. I know why they're all running. And it does come down to sort of the vulture circling. And that goes for DeSantis as well. 
though he, obviously he's more of a legitimate shot than Pence. They're hoping, not okay, I don't want to say they're hoping, but they believe that there's a very good chance that all these indictments will take Donald Trump down, and they want to be positioned there to step in. Well, unfortunately, in. there is a very good chance that those indictments will keep him from running, isn't there? Well, obviously they believed that not only would they possibly take him down by just getting convicted, but also that all these indictments and legal problems would cause his... His, his base, base to turn... Base oh, to, that's not going to happen. But the part about him maybe just being in jail and not allowed to run, right. that's what concerns me. Well, that is beyond what I can predict because I do believe that all these cases are really sound and fury, signifying nothing. There's nothing to them. That's true. But what kind of juries and that, Trump-hating and, and, juries right. are they going to get? You never know. Yeah. Exactly. There's a, there's a do you possible. have any hope within your, in the midst of your hope? Do you have any hope for our audience that somehow these convictions just won't fly? That, that maybe he'll get a trial before a genuine jury that really knows how to think? I think he's got a very good chance on the document. Because that one's going to be in Florida. Florida with... with but now they're team. trying to nail him for insurrection in Washington, yeah. D.C. He's going to get a Washington, D.C. Uh, he, he went through the. I think that these are basically... Let's do everything we can, throw as much mud on the wall and see what stick. That's really the process there. Now, will it stick? Yeah. And then if it does, you know what? There's going to be an appeal. So no matter what, this takes us into the- Oh, that's right. The appeal could take us into the yeah. election time. Yeah. And, I, and oh, I just- I just, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, so I think that there's better than 50% shot that he's just going to beat all these charges. But I don't know for sure. It's my belief there. But the indictment, they did some polling. Harvard-Harris, which is not exactly a right-wing polling organization, they just came out and showed Trump beating Biden by nine points. So this is the kind of polling we've discussed before. Trump voters don't show up in the polling. They don't even show up in the polling in the Republican primaries, much less the generals. So Is that because when people talk to pollsters, they don't want to admit that they're voting for Trump? Or the pollsters go out of their way to avoid people that are positive They're hard to find. They're people that voted only for Trump, or they don't trust pollsters. They're people that are busy working, and they don't uh, right, have time birth, to talk. They, they view the pollsters as being enemies. They're not going to talk to pollsters, so they don't get the results. So Trump voters are very hard to poll. So if, if a poll shows Trump's ahead five points, nine points, three points, or even tied, that means he's ahead. I will say this. Trump shows this uncanny ability and track record to rise up out of the ashes like a phoenix. He's done it several times now. Yeah. Anyway, the Harvard-Harris poll did a poll, and they asked about the indictments. They included that question. They said, do you think federal prosecutors have a very strong criminal case, somewhat strong, somewhat weak, or very weak criminal case against Trump for his efforts to overturn the 2020 election? That was the question they asked to hear about this. And it's interesting, very strong, well, very strong with the GOP is 12%, very strong was the Democrat. But the bottom line was that somewhat weak and very weak was 42% and 26%. So that's 68% said very weak or somewhat weak. That's across the board there. That's for the GOP. And overall, you end up with the independence. That's the other thing. Now, the independence is also very important. And that's where you actually, because I personally believe a lot of polling, like you call a Democrat, it says, do you approve of the job Biden's doing? They probably don't approve of the job Biden's doing because it's a poll and they feel they've got to be a party lowest. So they'll say, yeah. And I, you get some of that on the Republican side. I don't think it's as bad, but I think you'll get oh, that. Oh, yeah. I think he's doing a crackerjack <laughs> job. But what's very interesting is the independents. 27% said a very weak case and 26% somewhat weak. So that puts you up to 53%. So independence. And it's not going to get better because as the more and more of this stuff comes out, 
no matter what, it's going to become more and more obvious to anybody that wants to pay half attention that this is utterly bogus manufactured cases. So I don't think that they will take him out of the race. Obviously, they're helping him in the Republican primary, which is great. But we also want to know what kind of impact they're going to have on the general. And this is, has to do with the general. Do you think any nefarious plans to cheat could be actually going on from the GOP in the primaries? I would not put it past them to do that well, against Trump. There was the recent scandal where Republican Romney, can't think of it, the Republican national chairwoman, RNC. Oh, Rona McDaniel? There was a plot to get to change California's primary for the GOP from a winner-take-all to proportional. Because they knew that right now that even in California, Trump is going to take every delegate, and the DeSantis people were working to try to change it to proportional so he could at least get some delegates. So if that, that was, a, was going the head of the Republican Party was there involved with it. I mean, is there a plot? Are there people that would like to plot? Yes. It seems to me like the rhinos certainly would. They would, but I don't think that they have the... The, the power, the to, power to do it, it this time okay. around. I don't think they can do it this time around. So I They're do, not quite as practiced at cheating as the Democrats are. They have to learn a little right. more first. So getting back to this point about President Trump, what I was hoping before Ron DeSantis decided to run, I was hoping that he would just stay as governor because I just didn't see this running against Trump as being well, beneficial Well, and we for him. need him as a governor. We right. need states well, with and he's been, And I really he's like— probably one of the best governors we've ever yeah, had. Yeah, I really like Governor DeSantis— but I just knew that he was not going to be able to win in this primary. And the other thing is that the Donald Trump people, the Trump-only voters, and there's a chunk of them. They're not going to come out and vote and, and, and they've done a polling. If the candidate is not Donald Trump, you get a 14 million drop voters. If it's not DeSantis, you get almost nothing. How about VP? Do you think they may make peace and Trump might put uh, them as his vice I don't see him running as VP at this point. I don't think that's going to go. I don't. I mean, Why is that? Because I think that... Donald Trump is angry with Ron DeSantis and with some... But he does get forgiving when oh, the he, he does. stops. He, he, he does, and it, it really truly was... He gets angry was. too easily, but he forgives quickly also. But the Trump people are also mad at DeSantis. And, and here's the thing is that when um, DeSantis was running in the primary for governor back in 2018, he was losing the race to the Secretary of Agriculture. Until Trump came and endorsed him. And he endorsed him. Then all of a sudden he shot ahead and he never looked back. Now, also in 2016, Trump activated the Cuban and the Hispanic voter base in Florida. So there's a very good case to be made, first of all, that DeSantis wouldn't have been the candidate. Do you think he's not giving enough credit to Trump? Well, I I think, listen, he wouldn't be governor without Donald Trump. I think there's a good case to be made. Has he ever acknowledged that? I don't know. I don't know. From Trump's perspective... It's an act of disloyalty. And acts of disloyalty are a little bit different than having disagreements. And he feels like DeSantis stabbed in the back. Now, DeSantis may be saying, yes, but Trump has all these legal problems. You need to have the best possible candidate there. And it was my duty to the country to be there because there's a good chance he won't be there. And listen, it's a plausible argument. Even if that's true, there is such a thing as showing loyalty, especially to somebody who's helped you. I agree. But on the other hand, if it's a question of winning the presidency or losing the presidency, You've got to prioritize things. I really do like DeSantis. However, I'm just trying to take it from Trump's perspective. It was an act of disloyalty. And so I don't think that positions DeSantis well to be the vice president. Who do you think Trump might pick for VP? If any thoughts come to your mind? I don't think it'll be Pence again. Just a hunch. Uh, Just a hunch. Wild hunch. I would take a 10 to 1 bet on that, Bob. (laughs) I'll bet a dollar. And if I lose, 
you win $10. You know, <laughs> Pence was so loyal to Trump for so long that he really stabbed him in the back on I, January the 6th. I have a theory on this, and not everybody agrees with me, but I think that there were people that went in there with good intentions. Like, I think you know, William Barr actually went in there with good intentions. I don't think he went in there to stab Trump in the back. I don't think he went in there as a deep state plant. Some people do think that now, but I don't believe that because he really did stand up and he did face down the Democrats on the Mueller report. He's- no, he did. But when it came to the January 6th thing, when Pence said, I have to follow the Constitution, the Constitution put it under his authority right. to certify the election. And if some states say we want a recount, he has the authority to let them take that recount. That's- so when he said he was tied by the Constitution, that is simply not true. I believe you're correct. But by going back to William Barr, the attorney general, and I'm going to say the same thing for Mike Pence. I think that they saw the writing on the wall. They saw that the election had been rigged, that Trump was not going to be there, and they looked out at the savages out there, the people that have the knives out. out. Their own interests. No, they looked at their livelihood being taken, their house being taken, their sons being investigated. So you think someone family. probably sat Pence down and they, told them think, you better do this? I don't think they even had to do it because that was you happening. See the to, writing on the that wall. That was anyway. happening to Trump people. Their families were investigated. They were being taken down. And it's real easy to sit here in our chairs here and say, do that. I want you to do the right thing. Well, the thing is, we don't know some of the stuff that William Barr knows. We don't know a lot of what Mike Pence knows. We don't know at the level of detail the forces that were arrayed against them. Now, he still should have done the right thing, I believe. But let's just... Yeah, I think we can be sympathetic to that. But the other side of it is somebody has got to right. take a stand for something right. regardless of the I, consequences and- to their career. I that's what I believe. There's other people that disagree with that, that just think that they were, you know, just slimes from the very beginning and they were deep staters from the beginning. They were plants, whatever. I no, don't think, I don't think that, but I do think they caved. I do think they what, caved. And if they were threatening their family, that would be understandable. If they were just worried about their career, then that's a well, little different. Well, they went after Mike Flynn's family. They went after his oh, son. Oh, that's for sure. He had to fall on the sword And then look what son. they did to the January 6th people, putting him in jail for hundreds of days. I mean, they just, with no it's trials, outrageous. nothing. I mean, yeah. so the thing and is- the people that burned down other federal buildings during right. the summer of love, nothing. And, nothing and i think them. it was chicago but it was one of the big cities where the canvassing board the folks that certify that the numbers add up for the voting when they looked at the voting the numbers did not add up properly there was some major discrepancies and they started saying i don't know if we can certify this they had people the woman they had people calling her saying we're going to rape your children unless you vote i had forgotten about that i'm remembering that now so i'm just saying this is how ugly it was so it's very easy to sit there they're always spouting the word tolerance and inclusion so as i said it's very easy to sit in our armchairs on our couches and say hey be courageous do the right thing but it's harder to do it. But that's the kind of people we need to elect. I agree. It is hard. And again, we can empathize, sympathize, but somebody's got to take a stand but and take what not, comes. If you're not willing to do that, then you shouldn't run for office. Yeah. See, that's a good that's way to the put bottom it. Line. And just have God as your ally and say, yep. God, I put yep. my life in your hands. I'm going to do the right thing because I have to answer to you. I'm not saying this is easy. And who knows what any of us would do if we were in that position, but we must at least articulate the standard and the ideal here they did the wrong thing bottom line but i don't want us to underestimate just how ugly and nasty it is there in dc and the kind of forces that were arrayed against doing the right thing so with that said back to president trump he is the ultimate anti-politician nobody's even close compared to him ron DeSantis is a slick fast talking politician 
Ron DeSantis thinks what he's going to say through and his answer. You like dance. DeSantis. You're just oh. saying that's how he looks compared no, no, to no, Trump. No, no, no. I like to. In fact, I like Ron DeSantis in some ways. In general, my general predisposition is to like his style more. You're probably thinking if you thought he could win, you might even prefer him. But you're being realistic about who could really win this thing. My, I'm being realistic about who could win this thing. And Donald Trump, I do not owe Donald Trump my vote. I think that he did a fantastic job as president. I think nobody could have done better in this circumstance. Against two impeachments, against people right. in his own cabin and his own party deserting him at the flank. The odds that guy was working against. I think he actually did win the 2020 race. but I have no doubt. But that's, all of that, that's great. But my obligation is to vote for the person that has the best chance and of winning. And despite everything, you still think still Trump think has the best it's, chance it's, of winning. But if I thought I was DeSantis, I'd be you supporting DeSantis. That. I mean, I'm sorry. I do feel loyalty to President Trump because he showed loyalty to the American people, but the highest priority is to win that presidency. And yet, as it happens, you still think he's uh, the one I to do, do I do think he has the best chance there. They did a poll. This is a great poll, by the way. And they talked about the favorability ratings with you know, major public figures. And here's interesting. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Okay. Now, he's not as well known as Donald Trump. You know who I'm talking about. Well, yeah, and he's the first Democrat I've liked in a long yeah, time, even yeah. though there's probably a litany of issues I would disagree with him on. Compared to Biden and Pelosi, the guy, he's not all that bad. No, and so he's got a plus 21 favorability rating, but there's a whole bunch of people don't know who he is. So it's really sort of, you have to take that into account. Surprising that nobody would know who a Kennedy is. Yeah, but he's, he just came on Especially the, the son of Robert I mean, Kennedy. When was the first time you remember hearing his voice? As far as you actually hearing him speaking, yeah. you probably just remembered the last month or two, right? Yeah, that's I mean, true. So he's not somebody that's been you know a dominant figure. Right. I mean, he is a Kennedy, but he's certainly been pushed to the front much more than he has. Yes. He has 26% not liking him. And then there's a whole big chunk of people, yeah, 20% who even don't know him or don't know enough about him. So he's not been fully defined yet. Now, Donald Trump has been fully defined. And right now, he's running at a minus four. Only a minus four. Think about that. Nationwide, he's got a minus four approval rate. That's pretty good. Really, it's better than he has been in the past. And Joe Biden has a minus 14 overall approval rate nationwide. So Trump's ahead in this poll by 10 points against him. Kamala Harris... She's probably she's, just about as bad as Biden. She's got a minus 11 because she's not as well-known, but she's well-known, but not as well-known. She's minus 11. So Trump's running ahead of these figures there. She's quite a wordsmith, though. When she gives a speech and repeats the same phrase about 80 times, I'm just enchanted. I'm just enthralled. Mike Pence, once again, not as well-defined as Trump is, but he's running minus 7. You know, Hillary Clinton's at minus 16. You know, you have people like Tim Scott. Now, Tim Scott is relatively unknown compared I mean, you know who he is. I've liked him all in all over I, and, the years. And so let's talk, since we come across him, he's running at a, a plus 10. But once again, if he was out there for a longer period of time, okay, let's, yeah, Ron DeSantis. He's running at a plus three right now, but there's still a big chunk. He's still not as well known as Trump. He has a, you know, 41% approval, you know, 41% approve, as opposed to 45% approving of Donald Trump. But he has less negative. It's because he has... A lot of people have not yet made up their mind on him. But one of the things we've seen is when Ron DeSantis entered the presidential race, you saw his negatives just start skyrocketing because people started to pay attention to him as a presidential candidate. And something that's worth noting, President Trump is beating Ron DeSantis in Florida by 20 points. In Florida. In Florida. That's interesting. That's very telling. Of course, Trump hails from Florida himself, so that might be part of it. Well, it's also the fact is that you can be an incredibly popular governor and still not be viewed 
the same way as being a presidential candidate. I mean, it's not the same thing. So people will be looking at two different categories. Yeah, I love Ron DeSantis' governor, but I'm going to look at it a little bit differently for the presidency. So that's what's going on there. So Trump is actually a minus four, given everything he's gone through. That's actually amazing. It is good. pretty astounding. It's amazingly good. And anybody that's in the positive, the only reason they're in the positive is right now most of them are because they have huge people that either they've never heard of them or they have no opinion. They're undefined. So, for example, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., his overall positives are 47% as opposed to Donald Trump's overall positives of 45%. I mean, 47% for right now, correct, versus 45% for Trump. So it's within two points there. But Robert and you're Kennedy, saying that's because they don't know enough about there, Kennedy to have a lot of negative right. opinions. Yeah, about but him. but I think that and I think that he's going to maintain a decent level of popularity because he makes sense. He's like an old style Democrat. Yeah, that's for sure. And we haven't heard from an old style Democrat Not in a for long, a long, time. long time. And he's good on a lot of issues there. So number one, I'm supporting President Trump because I believe he's got the best chance of winning. Number two. I have the highest level of confidence that he'll go into the presidency and work harder than anybody. Now, he'll never admit it, but when he went into the presidency in 2016, he did not know what he was walking into. He, no, he thought that he could get people to work together from both sides of the aisle, that if he made a good enough deal as a businessman, they'd go along. He thought if he picked the best people, when he picked his cabinet, they were the best people. So... So he went in there. He certainly understood politics better than the average person heading into there. I mean, he was a big business. He had thrived in New York City. But he didn't realize there were going to be people out to get him and weren't going to cooperate, even if he gave them the best deal in the world. He didn't know that he had literally an ongoing effort to overthrow his presidency by the DOJ, by people in the FBI. And that there was a deep state that ran the aisle between Republican and Democrat. He will go in there being way more knowledgeable. Oh, absolutely. His eyes are going to he be He should go way... in there and fire every right. single person that falls under the purview of the executive branch. Even if there's just somebody that takes out the trash, they should all be fired and he should bring in all his own people. His eyes will be opened and he also has already shown himself able to resist the military industrial complex. And that's the thing I want to talk a little bit about is Tucker sent out a questionnaire to candidates about the Ukraine situation. And a number of candidates came back, and the initial answers from both President Trump and Governor DeSantis were great. Then what happened is all the pressure came down on Governor DeSantis, and all of a sudden he was backing away from his position by saying we shouldn't be there, we should be mandating peace, and he walked away. Because the thing is, a lot of that money that he's going to rely on, that he's getting right now in the primaries, is coming from folks that support what I think is an unconscionable, immoral policy for what we're doing in Ukraine. We are fighting a policy that... We're going to fight the last Ukrainian. We'll give you the weapons and we'll let you just go. I mean, it's brutal over there. So, by the way, I'll just tell the people that are listening right now, call your congressman and say, we want peace now. We want peace right now. It's got to be negotiated because it's only going to get worse for the Ukrainian people the longer this thing goes. It's just horrible. So I'm also more confident that Trump will stand up against the establishment than than DeSantis is. I'm pretty confident that DeSantis probably will, but I'm more confident that Trump will. That's the other thing is I think DeSantis is a good man. And if Trump was not running, I would be like, well, you can't get much better than this. I mean, right now, if DeSantis was, because DeSantis has been a great governor. He does have to depend upon that establishment money. And a lot of that money is really tied into these, you know, endless wars, you know, the Lindsey Graham wing of the party and people like that. 
I'm a little concerned about that. But the main thing is I think that Trump can win. So Trump can win because he's going to have his Trump owner voters out. We're going to have a higher level of scrutiny at the polls than we've had in 2016 or 2022. We have had some modifications at some states to improve things a bit in voter integrity. Not as much as we would like, but there has been some improvements. And it is going to be a red wave election. People are going to be very upset. Now, the one thing I'll say that I'm a little concerned about is I'm not sure who will be running because I'm 90% confident it's not going to be Biden at this point. I just don't believe it's it would be, be hard, except that the ones pulling Biden's strings are delighted to have him there. But there's got to be such a discontent in the party at large. I mean, the guy is a maniac. He's a buffoon. Well, he's also got these corruption things that are starting to gain traction finally. Yeah, he was never the sharpest tool in the shed and he was always a pathological liar. But now on top of that, he's losing his mind. OK, Mike, it's always great having you on. We'll have you back for your expert analysis really soon. Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.